Hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome back to the White Sox Inside Podcast. I'm your host, Billy. Uh, with Charlie Panetta. And today we're just uh, breaking down some recent Sox news. Uh, we haven't had an episode in a while because not much has happened, but then uh, this week the White Sox went out and signed the best free agent relief pitcher, maybe the best relief pitcher in the entire sport, in Liam Hendricks. Hendricks, that is only with a K, not with a C. A lot of people like to throw in uh, C in there. Uh, just a fun fact about him. Yeah, no, I think it was a great pickup for the White Sox. I mean, it was kind of out of nowhere. I know it was, like, rumored that he wanted to go with the White Sox and everything, but I'm really excited that he decided to come here. Um, I really think it adds to the stack lineup that they have for rotation for uh, relief pitchers. And with Alex Colomay still on the side down where he wants to go with rumors of him going to the Red Sox, I think it was a great pickup for them. Yeah, for sure. Um, getting a guy like Liam Hendricks, who has just been absolutely dominant in 2019 and 2020, as the Sox saw up close in the personal in um, the 2020 postseason, it definitely builds on that win now you know, mentality that we have going in with Lancelin and Adam Eaton acquire other acquisitions that we made this offseason. And I don't think the White Sox are done quite yet, but some signing someone like Hendricks uh, is definitely a huge thing. Right now, the deal's set up for three years, uh, $15 million, I think, per year mm-hmm. with... Uh, fourth one being like... Fourth one. On him. Yeah, the uh, club option or a $15 million buyout. Um, the buyout, though, is actually... St- uh, set up kind of differently than a normal buyout. Um, if the White Sox decide to decline his team option um, for, in three years, then he would be getting 10 equal payments of $15 million for the next 10 years compared to just paying it all up front uh, the first year, which Rick Hahn was very excited about because it, that definitely helps salary. God forbid uh, things with Hendricks go sideways and we don't want him for the fourth year. But this is something that I guess Jerry Reinsdorf has been pushing for a while because it's something that they did in the NBA for a very long time, and now they are giving it a try in the MLB. Yeah, no, I think it was great. Um, Going back to the postseason, yeah, no, you saw how he played against the White Sox, and he was just deadly against them. Yeah, main reason why the Sox didn't advance to the next round was because of him, especially in the third game. So it was just really tough to see, but it's good to know that he's with us now. And... Just like his backstory is just incredible. He started off with the Twins, and then after that, they didn't even want him, so they just completely uh, DFA'd him. And he was available for anyone at that point, but uh, the Blue Jays decided to pick him up. And there he decided he was going to be the relief pitcher, uh, gave it a couple of games, became better, and then after that, he went to. I forgot. Then he went to the A's at that point. And that's where he kind of grew, grew up and uh, got a lot better. And now he's on the White Sox with one of the most expensive contracts for a relief pitcher. So it's very good to see how like he grew up and uh, how he came from nothing in baseball. So it's really interesting to see. Yeah, Hendricks is definitely someone who has had, that, had a tough road to get where he's at now. But he's grinded through and he's definitely earned this contract. Um, he's only 31 years old. He's had a very long tenure in the MLB. He originally was a starting pitcher with the Twins, um, then eventually transitioned to that relief role, now this closer role where he has just been absolutely dominant. Um, He is definitely a great pickup for the White Sox, that veteran experience in the bullpen with guys like Cody Hoyer, Matt Foster, uh, even guys like Jace Fry, who Jace has been around for a while, but, you know, getting 
little bit more experience under his belt too. That definitely helps. The uh, the White Sox bullpen though, man, it, it's it's looking pretty freaking dominant, honestly. Yeah, I would agree. I mean, when I was I was watching some other podcasts talking about the White Sox on the pickup with uh, Hendricks, and they're like, well, they're not sure about the White Sox because when it comes to names, all they think of is Liam Hendricks and. Aaron Bummer when it comes to relief pitchers, but I mean they still have some other ones. I mean they got Marshall who's literally coming up now, and I they they still have a lot more that I think uh, that aren't really no names, but I think are be no names in the future. And it's not only that like okay their pitching's just good, even their offense is good too with the many sluggards that they have, and then the speed too from Luis Roberts and Tim Anderson is just a whole entire round team as deadly. Yeah, for sure. Um... MLB Network actually just put out their top 10 relief pitchers, um, number one being Liam Hendricks and then number eight being uh, Aaron Bummer. And the White Sox having both those guys in addition to guys like Lucas Giolito, Dallas Keuchel, Lance Lynn, who are able to eat innings and get deep into the game to set it up for these types of players, it's definitely a huge thing that we have someone who is as dominant as and as, you know, just dominant i mean there's no other way of really describing him he uh just absolutely blows everyone away at the plate he goes out with the mentality that he is the best player on the field when he steps foot out there and that's definitely served him well over the last few years Mm -hmm, i would agree and he also he also has that swagger too and uh, they also released um the top 10 catchers and number two was was a two or one was grandall uh number two was yasmani yeah number two was yasmani and then um number 10 was james mccann who's now with the mets sadly but I mean, that's still pretty impressive, I would have to say. I mean, it's just I, I would love to see the Grand Dahl and Hendricks combination and just see how it goes. Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, Hendricks is one of those guys who likes to paint the corners and things like that, and Yasmani being the best uh, pitch framer in the league, I think there are a lot of great things coming from the both of them, especially with them you know, teaming up, and they're going to have a long time to work together too, which is awesome. Yeah, another thing I want to go back on is uh, now that since last episode, McCann has officially left the White Sox and is with the Mets now. How do you think Giolito is going to do with Grandal for sure? Because last year, first game, you saw it was Grandal and Giolito, and it was a really, really bad start. I mean, Giolito's first pitch was a home run, and it was just so hard to see. And he just had a terrible first game with Grandal, but then bounced back with McCann. So do you think he's going to be the same now with Grandal for sure? I think it's going to be, it's going to take a while for uh, Giolito to adjust to throwing to Yasmani Grandal. I don't think we're going to see a huge difference there. Um, Giolito, he's just a professional hurler. I mean, this guy has just, ever since 2018, he completely turned it around and has shown the world that he's here, he's ready to stay. I wouldn't worry about someone like Lucas Giolito. I think he's going to be absolutely dominant again in 2021, regardless of, of who's catching, really. Yeah, no, I'm going to agree with that. I mean, I just think it was just mainly the chemistry that it was lacking. I mean, Giolito, McCann, they already had the chemistry, so they were just so used to each other. Where it was Grandal, who was literally like his first game. And with Giolito, I don't think he was just used to him. But I think with more bonding and everything, I'm pretty sure they'll start getting used to each other. So I'm pretty confident on that for sure, too. Yeah, I mean, losing a guy like James McCann, uh, that, that, that sucks. It really does. Um, guy, he was improving uh offensively really putting up some amazing numbers there uh he has always been real solid defensively um but someone like james mccann to another team losing a player like that would definitely throw them out of the race when you're talking about the white Sox though and losing james mccann it 
it hurts, but it doesn't throw them out of the World Series chase because the White Sox have just built this depth. And when you're talking about, you know, still signing people like uh, people are saying they want Tommy LaStella thrown in there. They want um, another backup catcher. When you're t- making when you're talking about wanting to build depth in a team, that is only a good sign because the White Sox have already put forward this absolutely dominant starting team. And now they're able just to build around that team and add depth. Uh, I think it's it's a great thing. It really is. Yeah, no, I agree. And uh, going next to some rivals of the White Sox, the Indians sound like they're almost in the rebuilding phase with uh, Carrasco and Lindor going to the Mets, Cesar Hernandez with the free agents. And now you have Carlos Santana to the Royals. I'm now, I mean, like, how does that sound with uh, them being contenders last year? And now it sounds like they're trying to drop out almost and rebuild. Yeah, I mean, the the big thing with the Indians last year was they really just didn't have any out outfield that was really uh, worth any kind of offensive production. And that definitely came to hurt came to hurt them. Carlos Santana had a down year, but he it was still a walk machine. Uh, he just did. We didn't really see the power with him, but he was a free agent, just signed with the Royals not too long ago. Um, I mean, and then they go and they trade someone like Cookie and they trade Francis Glendor to the Mets uh, for some prospects. I think the the Indians are not going to be the same team that they are that they were last year. Uh, they still have guys like Shane Bieber and Jose Ramirez and James Karinchak, but after that, I really can't name anybody left on this team. Uh, Brad Hand is a free agent after they declined his $10 million option. That really shocked the league. Um, he's probably not going to sign back with Cleveland just because they've been known to be real cheap. Uh, Cesar Hernandez is also a free agent. He was a real good pickup for them last year. This Indians team, though, that we've known for the last few years is definitely falling apart right in front of our eyes, and it definitely can only serve to help the White Sox. Yeah, no, I mean, Lindor, I don't think, did that good, in my opinion, uh, especially on the batting end. He just did not do that well. I remember watching a couple Indians games where it came down to him hitting a good hit in the last inning, and he just wasn't ready for it. So, I mean, I think that's why it played a big part for them getting rid of him. I just think that they don't see him getting a ring with them in the future. So, I just they just get, decided to get rid of him. But they still have some decent players, I think. I mean, they're not going to be completely in last. But they're. it seems like they're still dropping out of it. I mean, they still have decent pitchers like Shane Bieber. And you saw Tristan McKenzie last year. I mean, he dominated for him being tall and skinny. So... I don't know. I don't really know how it is. I mean, they have Jose Ramirez still, but it's just going to be so hard for them hitting-wise that I'm not sure if they could do it. Yeah, I mean, this offense now has really come down to Jose Ramirez. I mean, they trade away one of the best players in baseball, which is Francisco Lindor, and I think they would have loved to keep Lindor, but again, it comes down to Cleveland's inability to spend, um, that they really got rid of him. That's that's the main reason they wanted to lock him up for a 10 year deal. I think about 200 million is something I saw, but Lindor knows that he's worth way more than 200 million with guys like Bryce Harper and Manny Machado signing for 300 plus million. And he's definitely a better player than the both of them. So that's why you got traded to the Mets. And I, I wouldn't be surprised if the Mets extend him coming up real soon. Yeah, I agree. And then going to the next uh, rival of the White Sox, the twins, Nelson Cruz is also a free agent. I'm not sure if you knew that, but I would honestly like to see, Nelson Cruz, with him being a free agent, come to the White Sox as a DH. I think that would be a very interesting one-year signing, and I'm not sure how that would work out. Uh, I'm not too big on the uh, Nelson Cruz thing. A lot of people really want Nelson Cruz over here. Um, 
I don't like it because he's entering his age 41 season. Sure, he's been great the last two years with the Twins. I just don't know how much longer he's going to keep it up, and I'd much rather not have it at the expense of the White Sox, especially considering 2021 is the year that we're pushing for. We have uh, Lance Lynn for only this year. Adam Eden's probably only for this year. I don't want to sign someone like Nelson Cruz, where it's more up in the air than someone like a Tommy LaStella who can serve as a good DH or trading. You know, the trade market's still very much so an option for the White Sox. Uh, I, I just wouldn't see us signing Nelson Cruz and that being the missing piece. Uh, but the Twins also DFA'd Eddie Rosario, too, which was kind of a shock. Uh, the Twins this year, I just don't I don't think they're spending much. Um, I think, really, we're set to definitely dominate in the AL Central. The Twins, I think, are on their way down, and I think the Indians have definitely already decided that they're kind of, they're on their decline as well. So, Sox, for at least this year and probably 2022, the AL Central is the Sox to win. And, but who knows, you know, injuries are definitely going to be a big thing with this team. Unfortunately, uh, one guy gets injured and we're kind of down for a while, especially considering how many great players we have. I mean, you could pick up the slack somewhere, but I'm just afraid of someone like Yasmani Grandal going down. And then we have uh, our choice between Zach Collins and Yerman Mercedes, who, let's be honest, they're nowhere near the same caliber as Yasmani Grandal and when we're in the race for this pennant and race for the World Series, I don't want to see them come in over Yasmani Grandal. It's just, it's a scary thought, really. Yeah, I totally agree with you. I mean, the White Sox, they have really good starters, but I think now the main thing is just getting backup players for when people do get injured. I mean, that would be the worst to see is just like two or three players get injured and the whole entire season falls apart just because of that. And uh, going back to the Twins, I mean, yeah, I mean, Nelson Cruz, free agent, they got rid of Eddie Rosario. I mean, it's just like, it just seems like the Twins are just falling apart. I mean, you saw how they were the past couple of uh, times in the postseason after winning the AL Central. They just lose in the first round, and it's really, like, sad to see how they just cannot play in the postseason at all and just dominate in the regular season. So, I mean, I guess that's just how, what their luck is in the postseason, but, I mean, it just sounds like they're not fully rebuilding like they are like the Cleveland is but it sounds like they're taking a step back and going to try to rebuild a little more yeah at this point really the White Sox competition I think really comes down um to just other teams in the American League I think we could pretty much say look we got the American League Central but we don't want to get too cocky and just assume that but the way things are on paper right now the Sox definitely should carry the AL Central and not too many other teams in the American League are doing real great. Tampa, who was, you know, in the World Series this year, just traded away Blake Snell. But then they also DFA or they um, declined Charlie Morton's option. And I mean, they are just they're not looking real great right now. Um, but then the Yankees, too, they haven't made any moves. They just signed uh, DJ LeMahieu today mm -hmm. for six years, $90 million, which DJ totally got robbed on that deal. But, I mean, the the Yankees, they really don't have pitching either. I mean, they have Garrett Cole, but then Masahiro Tanaka is also a free agent, and so is James Paxton. I mean, they really they don't have that second, third guy in their rotation who's going to really come in and close out a series after Garrett Cole. So, I mean, it, the White Sox... At this point in time, the American League, 
you can probably say they're the best team in the American League, I think, without a doubt, in my opinion. Yeah, going back on that, I mean, Yankees, I mean, of course, the Yankees are always going to be talked about. Yankees, Dodgers, those teams, I mean, they're always going to be in the talk for when it comes to postseason. I mean, they're just always around, all-around team decent with all their money and stuff, but not to be biased right but it sounds like i mean the Sox aren't going to be it's not the al is not going to be handed to the white Sox. of course they're gonna have to fight for it but if they put up a fight and they like they show all the work they've been they showed last year and show a little more i do think they are contenders for the al and it's going to be very interesting to see the season i mean they're planning on i'm not sure if you know but they're planning on going back and doing the 162 game season like they did two years ago so thank god they're trying to go back to that but I mean, with COVID and everything, you never know what's going to happen next week. So it's just uh, it's just something you're just going to have to wait and see how things work out. But, I mean, yeah, no, I agree. I mean, Rays, they didn't do they didn't do that well against the Yankees. I mean. All right, the Dodgers in the World Series are you talking about? No, like in the when they played against the Yankees, I mean, they did good. But, I mean, it was just all around a close fight in the end. So, yeah, I don't know. I mean. It's going to be very interesting. I mean, it's hard to tell, too, because you have the White Sox who only played Central teams last year, so that was really only their division and then the NLCS Central. I mean, it's 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 a really tough call, honestly. I mean, the Cubs did decent last year. Brewers did terrible. The Reds were Reds. So, I mean, their competition was a lot different than it's going to be next year, so it's going to, it's going to be very interesting. And I think it was a good step, though playing only central teams and now they're going to be playing a, a lot harder teams I'm going to say. So, but the Sox team is young, but I think that was a good foot in the door and just uh insight of what it's going to be like. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, the American League, I think as a whole is a little bit more on the decline. Um you see teams like the Padres, like the Mets, like the Dodgers who are just going all out and getting these guys, but then you see the teams that have really defined the American League in the recent years, like the Rays, like the Yankees, like the Astros, like, I mean, the Athletics, too. And the Twins, they're just on the decline while the Sox are just continuing up. I mean, they're just continuing to just improve. And I think it only serves the Sox benefit. But now we're looking at, okay, the AL is going to be real easy. But once we get to the World Series, then that's where the real concern comes in. I mean, the Mets, the, or the Mets I mean, they really have that stacked uh rotation too they got Degrom, they got uh cookie carrasco they also got noah Syndergaard, and they got a few other pieces in that uh, arsenal but then they also have the offense now too with lindor they have pete alonzo they have um, all these other pieces that the Sox really can't sit too pretty right now saying that they're the best team in baseball um, even if they were the best team in baseball a lot of mlb networks would never give it to them because you know they're always on their knees for the Yankees and Dodgers, um, but the White Sox, they're definitely going up. I don't think we're done yet. I think we still got at least one or two more moves. I think they're going to still try and bolster this uh, bullpen, whether it's a guy like Brad Hand or someone else. Uh, I think maybe uh, Yadier Molina uh, pickup in this offseason is possible too uh, as a backup catcher while we let uh, Zach Collins develop a little bit more. This White Sox team, though, for sure is not done. And I'm just excited to see what's coming next for them. Yeah, I would love to see Yadi on uh, the White Sox. I mean, legend of the Cardinals. And 
It was with them when they won the World Series, but um, with them and uh, Larusa and Lance Lynn. Yeah, I mean that's gonna be deadly. But uh, I I do think like especially Chicago and uh, New York, uh, the Mets I think are taking over New York, and I know it's gonna be a tough fight for them, but I I think they're gonna take over New York and be on top of the Yankees and the White Sox. I think without a doubt are on top of the Cubs. But going back, I think like looking back at the postseason for the AL, I mean you had the Astros. Twins, A's, White Sox, Rays, Yankees. Am I missing anyone? For the AL uh, in the... AL uh, playoffs? I think that was it. But, I mean, looking at all those teams, I mean, A's are on the decline. Astros, for sure, on the decline, especially after the cheating scandals and everything. Yankees are the Yankees. I mean, we already talked about them. And Rays, I think they're still too young to be a decent team. I mean, you saw how they did against the Dodgers. I think they were just inexperienced compared to the Dodgers who've been there like every other year for the NL. So, but I think they're going to be putting up a fight more this year than last year, but it all comes down to which team wants it more. And it, I mean, the Sox, you saw last year, I mean, this was Abreu's first game in the playoffs. I mean, they want it. Like you could see that they want it, the, not just the players, but the team itself too. So I, I just see the Sox uh, putting up a fight, especially in the postseason. Yeah, for sure. I wouldn't count this team out. I, I, wouldn't discount them at all. The Sox are here to win, and they're making 2021 their year, and it's just a very exciting time to be a White Sox fan. Yeah, and then, I mean, Chica- I mean, White Sox is uh, Chicago's home for sure now. I mean, you have the Cubs, who literally just got rid of... You Darvish you, and Victor Caratini. Yeah, I mean, and now they have talks of Chris Bryan, for sure, is going to be out. Javi might be going. Uh, so will uh, Contreras. So, sounds like the, White- uh, the Cubs are on the rebuild, and I don't know how that's going to go. Yeah, I mean, again, this only serves to the Sox benefit. They're definitely the best team in Chicago right now uh, amongst all the sports. I wouldn't see anybody being better than them or having a better chance of uh, winning the, their respective championship. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, one thing for sure, though, I think about the White Sox is that they can't have the same uh, fall they did last year when the three pitchers got injured. They had a really big fall, and I think they're on a six- or seven-game losing streak at that point, which, I mean— in a regular season, okay, six or seven losses, okay, but like we were on that shortened season, and I really think that's what killed them from winning the ALCS. I mean, after those losses, it really put them from they were in first place, and it, they dropped all the way to third place. Yeah, I mean, we definitely it just consistency is going to be the key with this team. We can't have Luis Robert have another September like he did this year, where he was definitely uh, winning Rookie of the Year, and then he had a really bad. Uh, September, you see him come back a little bit there in uh in the post, but I mean September really killed him, and like, you know, it, it killed the whole team really. Mm-hmm. It just put him down, and we can't have that again. We can't have one bad month. Um, I mean, granted, we'll still win the division, but I think that that definitely does a toll on a morale with a team as young and as excited as the White Sox are. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you had Tim Anderson last year who was winning, uh, who was leading for the batting average and just dropped out of it towards the end of the season. So that was really tough to see. I wanted him to have the back-to-back. I really thought that was going to be really nice to see. But, I mean, you just have to fight for it. You can't, even though you're in the lead, you can't give it up. And I think that's what the Sox learned from last year. So I, I'm hoping that they're, they learn from that and they won't make the same mistake this year as well. And going back, on, I mean, Yoan Mankata, I thought he disappeared for the second half of the season for sure. I mean, there were so many times where he was up to the plate and he needed a hit at least, and he just wasn't ready for it. 
yeah, COVID definitely took a toll on uh, Moncada. He uh, he said he didn't feel the same after you know making his recovery and everything, but reports are now he took some time, he relaxed, and uh, he said he's never felt better and he's back to 100% and then some. So I'm very excited to see uh, Yoan come back and just kick ass again in 2020 because that is definitely something he's capable of. Yeah, it was really just tough to see. I mean, it wasn't the Moncada that we really know. So I'm I'm just glad to know that he's healthy and back. And another person that I really thought did terrible last year was uh, Mazzara. I mean, he got hits here and there, but he just wasn't there. I mean, there were a couple of times where he got some clutch hits that really saved the White Sox. But after that, I mean, he did not do anything. So I was last year when they first signed him, I was really excited. I was really pumped and I really thought he was going to do good with the White Sox. Didn't really happen like I was hoping, but you win some, you lose some. Luckily, he only signed that one-year deal. Is a free agent right now. Who knows where he'll be next year, but it's going to be interesting. And now, lastly, I mean, Edwin, he got he did decent last year, especially for his age. I mean, he got a good amount of home runs for his age, I have to admit. But um, I, I think they could definitely have a better DH and maybe a younger DH as well, So especially with his young team. So, But it was a good year for uh, Edwin, but... Right now, it sits that uh, Lori's going to be the DH, so that's going to be very interesting as well, too. Yeah, Laori or um, they were also. I've seen things that uh, Laori or Adam Angle take over uh, left field, and then we make Eloy the DH. But also, some breaking news right here: uh, the White Sox have officially signed the number one ranked international prospect, Yolki Cespedes. Uh, that's huge. He's a big um, center fielder, younger brother of Ioannis Cespedes. And they also just agreed to one-year contracts with Lucas Giolito and Ronaldo Lopez avoiding arbitration, um, which I'm always all for avoiding arbitration when possible because you see teams and players come to resent each other after arbitration because it, it, it really is it's a tough process and you present your case why you think they're not worth this amount of money and then they present their case why they are worth that some amount of money. And it really it drives a divide between the teams. And then what I would really love to see the Sox do, um, if we don't make any more moves this offseason in terms of p- adding new guys to the team, is definitely locking up Lucas Giolito to a long-term contract. You see the White Sox do it with all, pretty much all their players. We tried to do it with Dylan Cease last year, uh, kind of fell through, but we did it with... Luis Robert, before he even saw a big league at bat, we did it with Eloy. We did it with, I mean, pretty much everybody on the team. You, The Sox have a real good way of getting these guys while they're young and while they're inexperienced and locking them up to club-friendly contracts. I mean, you see how it turned out for us even before we were really contenders. You know, we traded away Chris Sale and we got Michael Kopech and Yohan Moncada because of the Sox's ability to get guys to agree to these contracts and really just give them, you know, give them the best that they can, uh, but also also pretty cheap, <laughs> honestly. Yeah, yeah no, I, I think that's amazing news what you just talked about. I mean, that's good, especially with Giolito. And uh, going back when you are talking about the DH position, uh, hearing Angle, I mean, he was one of the players – that I thought had a really good year last year. There was one point I think he was hitting. He hit four for four one game, and I think he was had a good six game uh, six hitting streak. And I think he did really good, especially batting wise last year. So I'm excited to see what he brings this year. And uh, talking about the prospect they just signed, I actually was watching some videos on him. Uh, he's from Cuba actually, and uh, sound it sounds like he's a big slugger. And 
almost is like Luis Roberts where he's a good slugger and still has the speed. So I think that's going to be very interesting as well. Yeah, I mean, this guy, this kid, he's probably MLB ready, honestly. Maybe the Sox give him one or two seasons down in the minors. But, I mean, he, he would be a great guy to just have out on the bench as, um, you know, he's a line drive hitter. He's plus defense, plus speed. He just adds more depth to this amazing team already. Uh, and going back to Adam Angle, I mean, this this dude was so underrated. Um, he didn't have the best 2018 and 2019. Yeah. He was on the team, then he was down in the minors, then he'd be called up. But ever since then, his big thing was always fielding. His fielding has only gotten better. Only thing the Sox didn't like out of him was the inability to hit, and he really turned that around. He's become a consistent hitter. Also, see some power out of him. First uh, player to hit a home run in the postseason. So, I mean, really, Adam Engel, he is so underrated, and if nothing more, an amazing, amazing bench bat to have for um you know, switching somebody out in the outfield or even just as a DH because he, he has that speed. Your DH doesn't always have to have the power as long as he gets on base. He's doing his job, really. Yeah, but, I mean, I just really think those are just amazing week that has been for the White Sox. And, I mean, they still have plenty more to go, and I think it's just going to be very interesting until next episode. Yeah, all right. We're signing off, guys. We'll talk to you guys later. All right, see you.